front of this computer. Thank you very much for joining us, Michelle. We're very excited to have you on the show. Um, let's let's uh, start right at the very beginning. So you were you were telling us last night, you know, when we were talking that you, you started at a very young age. Give us a little rundown of when you started and how that was to get going. Yeah, I probably started playing basketball when I was about 10, I think in grade uh, grade five or six, so elementary school. And um, we I went to a really small elementary school we didn't have enough like girls and boys to make two teams like a girls team and a boys team so they actually combined us and then nice enough now I think that what a great city they actually all the elementary schools did that even though the other schools probably could have fielded a boys team and a girls team but uh we were small so they wanted us to play and be involved which is awesome because I don't I don't know if that would happen now if people would just be doing that but they did so yeah that's so grade five and six it was always a mixed team and then on to or five six seven i guess because we were elementary schools to grade seven and then junior high eight nine ten um and i think yeah terrace bc is small town eighteen thousand people uh up north by about six hours six hours north of prince george um so yeah i think uh i got really lucky i think with a group of girls that were around we just happened to have like a four or five year range where we had a lot of athletes so it wasn't just me wanting to play there was actually quite a few good athletes around and I think that probably helped my early development if I didn't have that group of girls to kind of play with for five years I who knows right it's always like what what would have happened but I think I got really lucky you know time and place I mean I had obviously I wanted to play because it was you know it was fun I liked it I was tall that was kind of the first thing yeah and, and right you're always the biggest kid out there so you're like okay I'll play um but then I found I was pretty good at it and I really liked it and uh we're we were active family like my whole life so it was sort of natural to just keep going into something sort of thing yeah absolutely so then you went to high school and uh what was that like you got you guys field competitive teams how'd that go yeah again like i i always think about that i'm like how come we got so good but we had the three teams were prince rupert kitimat and terrace right we're kind of like a try like like to try cities kind of thing um so we're just playing those three teams and sometimes you play uh different teams every you, you might go once to vancouver for a tournament but pretty much those three you know three schools for like five years um, and it was always really competitive. And the other teams too, like Rupert and Kitimat just had a good group of, of girls too. So we had good games. It wasn't just us running over people. But we went to provincials and I, I always like it because we were like the, the number one, we took down the number one team both years. So we're like this little rinky-dink, right? Rinky-dink school from up north, the mismatched uniforms and you just show up at, not at the provincials, right? With the big, I think Steveston was ranked the, my grade 11 year. Oh, yeah, they were very good back then. It was really good. And then my grade 12 year was uh, Salmon Arm. And okay. so both, yeah, both years we met them at Provincials and, and beat them in the second round. And so but then we never went further. I'm always like, we just used all our energy to beat the number one team. And then we were like, okay, we got nothing left, right? But, yeah, I think, I think it was pretty cool from a team from Terrace that gets to the, you know, final four of, of Provincials that, doesn't, that hasn't happened yet again, I don't think really tough to get people to play now, I think, but I think I just got, yeah, it was good group of girls, good group of circumstances where we had good competition sort of for my whole high school. So your, your skills developed and you ended up at Simon. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, Simon Fraser, what a, I love that place. <laughs> That's such a family, right? We're like 30 years out and I'm still like, it's my school. Um, so Allison McNeil was our under 17 uh, provincial team coach so she had a whole bunch of us that year that grade 11 the summer going into grade 12 
and I still hadn't decided where I wanted to go. It was kind of, I had gone on a couple of recruiting trips, but nothing was, nothing was talking to me. You kind of go and I, I'm, I'm a player and a person that's always been, if my gut is telling me to do it, I do it. I don't think a lot. Like I think about the decisions, but pretty much the decisions just get made for whatever reason they're there. I don't, I don't, and, um, or agonize over these decisions, like these big major ones. So Allison was coaching us in that summer. And then I phoned her after uh, the provincials were done. And I think we were at the high school, it was a high school all-star game in Vancouver. And we were all sitting around and Allison was just like, everybody here should be playing together on one team. And this is before she got the SFU job. And so I, I told her then, I said, I think I'm going to call you because I really don't know where I should go. What should I do? And then I, when I did call her, she says, well, I, I can't advise you anymore because I just got the head coaching job at SFU and I'm going to be recruiting you now. And I was like, done, that decision made. Like I didn't even have to talk about any more about it. I was, she told me who else was coming and Andrea and Mary Lou and Heidi and, and all the freshmen that were coming. And I like literally got off the phone and was like, mom, dad, I'm going to Simon Fraser. And they're like, okay. Like it was, it was that done, right? So, You're probably her favorite recruit she's ever had. That's the best. It was, it was awesome. It was the best though. Cause it was just, um, the group that we had, we had eight freshmen that came in, eight freshmen showed up on campus and there was three seniors and a junior. And we were lucky. We had those good seniors and junior too. Cause they kind of just, you know, showed us the university way, right. We're all from different towns and showing up at, in Vancouver. And I think that was a really good, um, that I don't know if that would happen anymore that eight, eight of the top players of BC are going to one university. I, I can't, I don't know if that's ever happened again either, but you know, circumstances, we were just all ready to go and Allison got that job and it just felt right. I think for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think we have a lot more universities now. So eight would definitely, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. You know what? I think, I think I talk to kids all the time about finding people that you enjoy playing with and then trying to extend that, finding a coach you can actually get along with and try and extend that. And it's funny that you mentioned that you went with eight people. What was it like knowing that these were your people? I mean, I would imagine they're, they're your lifelong friends now after going to university with them. Yeah, exactly. Four years or five years back then? Four years. Four yeah. years. Yeah, NAI. So we were NAI. Yeah, four years. Four years together. Tell us a little bit about that group. Yeah, I think it was a, like we were a core group together for those four years, right? And, and I think um, – I think I said it last night a bit is that when you, the whole thing about university, you're showing up somewhere, you don't know anybody, but we already knew each other. We already knew the coach. So right away, I think our chemistry was huge. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in chemistry is always more important than talent. You could throw a bunch of talented kids together, but if they don't like each other and they're not nice people, your team is going to implode. And I've, I've just been, that that's just been my belief and philosophy in every team I've ever gone to from Simon Fraser to, to Europe, everywhere, and, and Canada, like it's just if you surround yourself with good people and positive people, um, that that just elevates you. And I think that's what we had at SFU, and that we had we had players that were good. We were good, but I think together, and just our chemistry and how we we treated each other and how we were around each other, I think that just made us a better team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was actually looking at some of the stats um, while you were in university. One of them, we, we briefly mentioned yesterday, it was 70%. You shot 70% from the field, which I don't think is ever going to happen again. Crazy, uh, I know. Yeah, I mean, you leave me at the hoop by myself. I'm not getting 70%. So <laughs> the, um, tell, you know, there has to be something that you did. To, you know, that, some of that's got to be natural. Some of it's got to be practice. Some of it's got to be a lot of effort. Tell us a little bit about what, what type of things you're working on to, to get it that high. I mean, and then the funny thing is, it's not like it was an outlier. 
yet another year you were just below that. So, I mean, yeah. it, clearly there's a pattern there. What, what type of things were you working on to make that happen? I think um, in, in my day, like we're talking quite a few years ago, I think the game's evolved a lot. I don't know if it can happen now because us, like post players were still a big part of the game. They're a huge part of the game that you are a post player and you're posting up and you're making a move and getting the ball. And I think one of my strengths was that I could, in hindsight, now I think about it, I'm like, why could I do that? And I'm like, oh, because I could think about the game like two or three um, like plays ahead. So I knew where the ball was going to be. And I knew my positioning. I was really good at positioning myself that all I had to do was like catch and shoot. So it was all the work before the ball got to me. And I, I always tell players now I, I, we coach um, my son and his, they're like 11 and they just run around like run and run and run and run and run. And I'm like, just stop for a second. And I think that came easily. Like I just knew how to do that and would be get told and then and, and coaches would be like, you just got to see where the, where do you need to be to get the best shot? And I'm like, well, if I stand here and the ball's over there and then I duck in here, I'll get the ball. And all I do is like put it up. And I, th I think that helped me because I'm six, six, one, six, two, but I'm not bulky. I'm not huge, but I think I had to use just sort of knowledge of the game. And I think a lot of our practices at SFU were geared around um, like, passing drills on pass pass in pass pass in pass pass in not exact not completely like individual stuff that I was doing but a lot of um two game passing where are you going to be where do you need to pass me the ball where I can score or that kind of thing and I don't I don't know where it's at now I just know the game has changed a lot I miss the post play I miss watching and seeing an actual person posting up getting the ball doing a move starting to come back a little bit but but I think that for me was a big part of the game was just sort of seeing it as it was developing and getting to the spot before the defense. And then I'm just catching and shooting and it's getting the layups, right? I wasn't shooting threes at university. That was later on in my career. That wasn't a big part of my game, but right. I, I think that's, yeah. So, so give us a couple of the highlights you had from actually on the court. Um, we'll do off the court right after, but let's go on the court highlights that you had from your university experience. Like what were some of the things that you, you genuinely enjoyed? Um, I think, uh, man, that first, when we, the first, my freshman year, we didn't make nationals. We lost in the, in the finals to Western Washington. So they were always our big rival. And I think for me, the, the best memory is that one, that first year is a packed gym. And I mean, packed, like the wrestlers are out in there in kilts and cheering, right? Like it's just this huge atmosphere that got created over our, our four years and, and winning the first time, like this is the first time that SFU has ever gone to the nationals. And, and it was just those knowing that you won and you're kind of a pioneer. You're like, oh, this is great. Like SFU is going down in history. Even if we never do it again, like we're going to nationals. And I think that was it kind of fed our fire like when we lost the first one in my freshman year and our, our sophomore year it was like that is the only thing that will make us happy was is going to nationals right and and i i think when you're coming from a, a canadian school and you're going down to the states right nobody knew of this school that happened to be on burnaby mountain in vancouver right sfu they're like what is this school uh -huh. and i think that was really huge for us and, and women's basketball as well in in the lower mainland and bc to have a a, a team and a group of women that were kind of starting to make women's basketball part of part of a thing and not just like an afterthought to the men's program right yeah, so absolutely. Was, and, and, you know you were talking about yesterday having a lot of people come out to the games I think that's something that, that started under Allison Bruce has done a fantastic job of keeping yep. it going Simon is they definitely draw the best out of anybody in BC that I've seen 
Um, so it's, it's, and it definitely adds to the environment and it adds to the experience that the kids get, you know, having to participate, getting that participation from the fans and really making a difference. And when you have a big game, actually fill in the gym a little bit. And, and that's something that I think is missing quite often, but when you can have it, it definitely makes a big difference for sure. I think so. I think we, um, I mean, you feed off it. Any athlete knows you feed off, off the crowd and the energy, whether it's negative from people screaming at you that hate you or, or the other way when everyone loves you, right? Like you get it. Some of our best games were down in the States and these little, these little gyms where it's just like rimmed with people and they're all screaming at you because they want their team, their team to win. Right. And just the atmosphere, I think of these games, um, were just a huge, a huge step for our team and me personally, like it just, I think it fueled me. You just get so excited when you're like beating these teams that are supposed to beat you. Yeah. And that stems from my high school too, right? We're like some little team. We're not supposed to win, but somehow we, we figure out a way to win. And I think we did it at Simon Fraser too. And Allison was also, she's like, she's a winner. She's like, you're not losing. We are not losing. We are winning. And this is what we're going to do to win. And I, I think that that helps us. And that was like our, my fresh, my sophomore year, junior year and senior year we won three years in a row to go down to nationals and we were ranked number one going into my senior year right going into nationals we're ranked number one in the country and again never happened it never happened before right so those are pretty big highlights for us I think yeah absolutely um off the court what did you what'd you graduate with um I had a uh I didn't graduate in my four years so I went to play SFU's kind of if you you cram your cram your uh your studies in, you can get done in four years. I did not because I was doing um, four classes a uh, four classes a semester. Um, I ended up taking correspondence courses when that started <laughs> afterwards. So I had a general studies degree, and then continued when I was in Spain when the whole internet uh, blew up and you could take courses online. It's like, yeah, I can get more. Um, so then I did correspondence courses and got um, degrees in health and fitness and uh, like. Um, it was health and fitness and sports fitness. And then I did a after degree program at the U of A after I had kids and after I played for 20 years in Spain and Germany and then did a teaching degree. So I've been a learner my whole life in basketball and in university. So that's had, well, you know what that, that tells us, that tells us that, you know, life doesn't, it's not always straight path. It, it got a little no. circle sometimes. And I think that's a big, that's a big thing for the girls to understand is, you know, you're not always going to get where you want to go right away. Sometimes you just got to keep getting, putting the work in and then it yeah. works out. So that's, that's a, that's a great story there. So you said you played 20 years pro. Um, I did. That's a yeah. lot. Uh, that's got to be, some sort of B, that, that's a BC record. I would imagine. Um, yeah. You know, I know Lanny Kramer played for quite a while. Yeah. I played with her in Germany. So she got me my first job. There you she go. The, yeah. We played in Marburg together. So she got me my first job in Germany and we played together for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, the years there. So tell tell us about the experience. So where did you start? So you started there, and then where did we end up going? And went on. I played uh, eight years in Germany. So I went like right after university. Um, that and that's another thing for the girls to know. It university is always there, and you should be doing like your studies are like I tell my kids they are the most important. And I worked hard when I was there, but my basketball career is shorter, and and so it was like I need to go. And now I'm playing pro because that's what that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go, and that was my life. And I went. Played for eight years in Germany um, till 2000, and then switched over uh, to Spain and played there for the rest. Played the rest of my career out there, and in between was playing with the national team, but off and on. And you talked about like this journey isn't straight. Well, mine is like this and ups and valleys. And um, playing with the national team, I was cut twice from the national team during my professional career, 
and, and chasing that Olympic dream for like 15 years, right? It wasn't a, okay, I'm on the team and now I'm going to the Olympics. It was a, it was a tough grind, you know, staying with basketball. And I think part of my message always is to kids is that you play because you love the game. It's not because coaches are telling you you should or parents are telling you you should or, or all of this. And it took me a long time to learn that, to, to do be, keep playing in Europe because I wanted to play, not because it was something else, right? That it was, it was, I love the game and I'm going to keep playing. And I think that's why it's 20 years. You know, I was, I was 36 when I retired and it's, it's a, it's a, it was a great career. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about playing on the national team. What was that like? I think you were talking about getting cut, you know, some of the best yeah. players we have on the national team have been cut. You know, I've got, I think uh, all three of the people that we have that are on the national team now, or not, well, I guess Teresa's not on the team anymore, but they have stories about not making it originally. So tell us about that, and then tell us what it was like to actually make the team and what that experience was like. I think, yeah, I started early. I was on a junior national team when I was 17, and then um, progressed to the, the senior national team kind of when I was like 18, 19, and even through like all through university, I was on the senior national team. Didn't get a lot of playing time, but one of the things one of the players said to me once was like, you never get any playing time, but you're always the first one that is cheering and, 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 you know, clapping and, and being really positive. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Sit and sulk at the end of the bench? Like, it's sort of like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like cheer right. on your team. And I think that's a, that's my personality. I'm not, I'm not a sulker. I get upset and I get mad and I'm really disappointed when things don't go my way, but I also see the journey. So I was on the national team till 93 so I just finished my first year um, professional and came back and tried out and had been on the team already for four years and then got cut. So that, that was a tough pill to swallow for me because I, I didn't know why I was like, why aren't I good enough kind of thing. And I ended up taking a year and a half off of basketball because it was, it was pretty devastating for me to be on a team for four years and then get told you're not get you're not good enough. We're going to replace you. And and it was, it was hard. It was not, I walked away for about a year and a half um, from basketball and just went back and finished my degree. I coached with Allison with the SFU team for a year and, and sort of had to reevaluate, like, where do I want to go? What is that it? Like I, you're kind of going, okay, I'm not playing ever again. Um, and I think it was a lot of uh, soul searching. Yes. I still played, but for fun. And I think maybe in that time I've connected with my SFU teammates again, and we're now playing in the Vancouver league, like the, the fun league for women that are playing in. And I think it was there that I sort of refound my love for the game. I was like, yeah, it's not the, na I'm not playing for the national team. I'm playing because I love the game. And then it, I, you know, things always just sort of happen. And I got a call from my old team in Germany, um, like a year and a half when I was out and they said I was still on the roster. So they never had taken me off the roster of the team. <laughs> Therefore I was still eligible to play, which is, like, how does that happen? What are the odds that that's going to happen? You tell so him, like, just send the checks over too. I'll take the checks since you never took me off the team. Exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm still being paid. This is awesome. <laughs> so yeah. And he's like, do you want to come? It's a month and a half. We're in playoffs. And I'm like, done. I'm going. And, and then from then I never looked back and I played for the rest of the time in Germany and was leading the league in scoring and, and just, you know, playing, I think playing some of my best basketball, but not with the national team. So it was sort of one of those things that you're like, okay, well, what is important to me? And I think it was the game. And I, come on, I'm playing basketball and they're paying me to play a game. It's ridiculous when you think about it. Like it's, it was amazing that someone was play, paying me. This is my job is to play basketball. 
And then, so I got cut once in 93 and then I'm playing my best basketball. And I went back in 97 and Ben Smith had just gotten the job at uh, being the new national team coach. And I thought, this is, I'm, I'm in, right? Like, come on, how can I'm playing so great? And again, got cut from the team. So it's another, right? It's like, it's, it's like, you're going, oh man, sometimes I think about that and go, how did I ever like get over that one? And, and I just think it's, it's, it's the game. It, it, if you love it, you just keep going, right? You just keep going and, t- and coaches are going to tell you you're not good enough and people are going to tell you you're not good enough. But I think it's just your, your perseverance. Like you just learn so much by, you know, the failures. Everybody talks about that, right? You have to fail to be able to succeed. And it, it's hap- it happened twice. And I'm like, okay, I'm never going to play the national team again. And then, like, it's so, I don't know why. And just in 97, I got cut. So then two years go by again. And the Olympics are coming up in 2000. And I'm like, it's now or never. Like, 2000, I'm going to turn 30. And, and your dreams are, you're, you know, you're, you're playing good basketball. But you're starting to see that possibly you're not going to be playing for much longer. And one of Shauna Molchak was playing with me in Germany. And she said, you should call Bev and you should talk to her because you should be on the team. And she was on the national team at the time. And I'm like, why would I, she already cut me two years ago. Why would I, why would I call her and say, Hey, can I come back? Right? Like, why would I do that? But again, she's like, just do it. And I said, okay. And I just sort of swallowed my pride. And I was, I talked to Bev and I said, um, it was, it was probably one of the most adult conversations I've ever had with a coach as a as a 28 year old and saying look I love the game I'm good at it I think I can help you can I come and try out you know can I come to the tryout and and see and she's like yep and I said I just want a fair tryout I just want to go in I want to play and and you judge me on what happens right and I think that's what any player always wants just just watch if I if if I'm good for your team I'm good for your team if I'm not then then I tried right I, I never backed away from the challenges of because I could have went in and, and got cut again I mean it happened twice before um so I think it just I don't know maybe I, I always say maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment and just be like let's just throw me out there again um but I made it in 99 and then I never looked back again and was on it for another six years right so it was like a very very disjointed national team journey like I wasn't on it for like you know 15 straight years or 20 straight years like you know, Kim, Kim, uh, I'm going to call her Kim Smith because yeah. that's who she was when I played with her, right? Yeah. Or Teresa too, right? Teresa and Kim were on it for these lengths of time, but mine was like a, a chunk here, a chunk here, a chunk here. And, and there's nothing wrong with that journey because at the end, they still like 2000, I'm the, one of those moments in your life when you're like, yes, you've made the team and you're going to the Olympics. It's like, it was I still remember it right I was just it's almost disbelief when you when you think about somebody telling you that because I've been waiting since 92 in my high school yearbook that was my goal to go to the 92 Olympics and it, that didn't happen and 96 never happened and I'm like okay 2000 finally right so I think but that was my journey I think but it's it's being positive I think and believing in yourself and I know there's sport is not easy but the the I guess the highs are better than the lows and so you do it because you love it. Well, you definitely have to enjoy the highs, right? And that's something yeah. a lot of people forget. Um, but you, you have to make sure you enjoy the highs. And it's not just the lows when it doesn't work yeah. out. I think some of the best advice I've, I've heard in any of these things was your friend telling you that you got to call the coach and you got to actually have a conversation. You know, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I tell people that all the time. And it's such an important thing, not only in, in school, not only on your team with your coach, not only at work, but it's, it's like in everything. You know, if you, if you can build a relationship with, 
the people that oversee you, with the people that make the decisions yeah. that impact your life, you know, your life's just going to be better regardless. Yeah. Like no matter how it works, your life will be better. So, you know, it, it's funny because she's giving you advice, but the advice yeah. is you need to get out of your comfort zone, make this phone call. And then the reward is not that Bev's life's going to be better because no. she, she would have <laughs> been fine without it. Your life's exactly. going to be better. Right. And so, you know, one way or another, you would have had closure on it and you ended up making the team. You get to go to the Olympics, you know, give us a little blurb about that. Where was the Olympics in 2000 and, and, and talk a little bit about what that experience was like. Yeah. Sydney, that was a Sydney Olympics. So great place to go. If you're going to pick a, pick an Olympics, like if you get to pick one, right, go to one where everything's sort of set up and it's all English. Right. And, and, uh, it was all, it was an awesome experience. So after like, I've been playing pro for 10 years and that was, I think the pinnacle. And I think, I think Teresa said it in her talk. It's like, I don't, I'm like her. I don't remember the games a lot yet of my basketball career, but I remember the moments. And I remember that moment of standing in the tunnel and there's like, you know, a hundred thousand people are in this stadium and you walk in and, and it's just, you, you, it's kind of one of those forgetful moments because you're in it and you're like, you want to soak everything in. And I think just the walking in on the Olympic um, for the opening ceremonies was was one of the most spectacular things and the most emotional things that I've ever done because it was sort of that culmination of everything that you've done. You start in grade five, right? And you build, build, build. And and I think that stage of of playing against the best, the best in the world is is pretty amazing. And it I mean I'm 50 and I'm I'm still talking about that moment, even though it was 20 years ago, right? You're still talking about these these amazing moments that happen because of sport. And we didn't do that well. We didn't play that well. Like Canada was not at where they're at now. Like we lost, we probably lost way more games than we won as when I was on the national team. But you're never stopping. You're never giving up. And and I think that Olympic experience for me was sort of that life lesson, right? Like, it, you know, you're getting punches, you're getting, you're losing, but you're at the Olympics. So you need to like get, wrap your head around the next game and get out there and compete because, you know, you've got Canada across your chest and you're playing for, for that country kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's go back to Europe. So you're playing in Europe. <clears throat> when you played there for 20 years, I'd imagine you'd be the best tour guide of, of European <laughs> travel I've, I've ever met in my life. What, <laughs> what would be like one of the cooler spots that you really enjoyed? Did you have a go-to that you went outside of the two? You know, obviously Spain and Germany are very cool places. I've, I've been in both and I've enjoyed both tremendously. Yeah. But from a life experience standpoint, you know, getting out and, and seeing new things. It's one of the things we try to do with our club is get kids to experience different things. You know, that you, you're there for 20 years. I'd imagine there's a lot of weekends where you're going away and checking something out. What, what, what was that like? Well, not necessarily weekends because we're playing, but the, like the end of the season. And I think I didn't take advantage of it. I, one thing I, not a regret, but I was like, oh, I wish in my, when I was there in my early twenties, I had taken more advantage of traveling because you're done in, in, uh, you know, April, May. And, and you could, national team doesn't start till later. So you could have taken a lot of time, but um, towards the end of my career, we started taking like weekend or weekend Christmas trips. We wouldn't go home. Um, when I met my husband, we would go to, we went to London for Christmas one year and I'm like, Oh, we can just fly to London. Like it's just for four days. It's like crazy. Yeah. And, and, you know, looking at trips always like at the end of the season, where are we going to go? And we went to Greece one year because my husband played for the U of A and he had a Greek teammate who had a hotel, like a, like a bed and breakfast on Corfu. So we're like, let's go to Corfu, right? Like it's just all these opportunities that happen because you're in Europe. Um, probably one of my favorite, I played for FC Barcelona one year. So that's one of my like favorite years of playing in Spain was just being in Barcelona 
and and being able to just live as, as a Spaniard in a city that I just still I think one of my favorite cities in the whole entire world is 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 there and that was a big like after our game and we on Sundays we'd be like hey where are we going today and just be a tourist in your own town and trying to take in all those moments and I think I didn't take advantage of it early enough I you know you're there for 20 years I should have been able to see everything but you know going to Prague Prague was another one that's a story with Lanny Kramer that we drove all night we were done our game and we drove with another teammate all night for like I don't know how many hours probably 15 16 hours from our from our town in Germany to go to Prague for four days and it's like who does that we're like let's go like you just jump in the car and you got four days off like where are we going right that. So that was pretty cool that you get those opportunities um you, you briefly mentioned about your husband tell us where'd you guys meet how that uh how that come about and, and yeah. <laughs> what was how, you guys both professional athletes tell yeah. what was that like yeah. Um, so he played in Portugal his first year and then was in Burgos. Uh, he got a job right after the Olympics. I think it was 2003 or two. He knows the years better than I do. I'm like, it was somewhere in the 2000s. Um, he was playing, we played on the same club team. So Teresa Gabriel, we played uh, in Burgos together and he was on the men's team. So we met there and uh, there was an Australian that played on our team too. And we're the four English speaking people. So we just all hung out. And it's like, okay, what are we doing? Let's, let's, somebody would make dinner and we watch movies. And that was sort of our, you know, our, our, our go-to hangouts, uh, you know, thing like that. So this is before all the cell phones and all the, everything like that. So you had to, you, you made friends and you, you, you stayed in your community kind of thing. Very so cool. yeah, we met there and we've been married. Uh, I don't know. What are we still, we know, we knew each other for 17 years. I think we've been married for 15. I don't know anymore. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's worked out. Now, last thing, let's go back in time. Let's give young Michelle Henry uh, a little bit of advice. What, what, are, what are you telling young Michelle Henry when, you know, whatever, in high school and university, something, something that she needed to know that she didn't know back then? Oh, there's a, there's a good one. I think, um, I think it's not to, not to, not to cry so much. <laughs> I'm a very emotional person. Didn't expect that one. Yeah. Any, any emotion that I have, anger, sadness, it's always crying. It's always tears. It's just like, you know, figure out a different way. But I think, um, I think it's always to stay positive. I think it's, and, 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 and surround yourself with the positive people. I think when I was younger, there was always sometimes someone negative and I, I wouldn't know how to deal with that. So you, it, it would, it would get me down. And I think if I could have known that earlier to be like, no, you, there's a negative person. You don't need to be around that person. That person doesn't need to influence how you are. And, and I think now I do that all the time. I don't have time for negativity. Life is too short. And, and in your basketball world, I think you can find the people that are like you and, and it just makes your life not just on court, but life more enjoyable. And I think of had I known that earlier, um, some of my disappointments came because of, you know, negative, negative athletes around me. And, and I think for the most part, I was really lucky with who I could be surrounded with, whether they were there because I chose them or because, you know, a coach had recruited them. Allison was a, you know, she recruited good people. And I think she knew that lesson, um, you know, really hard. And I think in high school, had I known that it would have been, you know, you're always like, but I think that's the best thing is just negative people are going to be around you you don't need to listen to them you know what i think that's huge and i think in a, in a day now where we have a lot of mental uh, health concerns yeah. and, and i think a lot of that is from people bringing negativity in every situation you know um 
I know for me personally, I can't take it either. Like it's been a huge, it's been a huge focus for me. Like I'm only, I'm, I'm just, I got to go next play on everything. Like it's got to yeah. be next play because if it's not next play, you're thinking about the past, you're thinking about worries in the future, you know, like you can't do that. It's got to be like, I, I got to lift everybody up. You got to lift me up. I got to, we're all going up. It's only yes. up right now. And so I want to, I want to, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, obviously we had some technical difficulties yesterday. Yeah, I know. You persevered. Um, <laughs> you persevered. We made it through. Yes. I really yeah. appreciate it. I'm going to, we're going to have all the girls, uh, give us a little write up on, on what they learned from this experience. So thank you so much. We really yeah. appreciate it and hope you guys are doing great in Edmonton. And yeah, we uh, are. hopefully I'll see you one of these days in the next few games. Yeah, we'll come back. I know I always got to go back for one of the senior nights. I keep planning it. I'm like, we got to get in there. We got to get everybody together and everybody go to the same senior night so that we can all just kind of get he's together. Got a, he's got a couple of good senior nights coming up, I think, soon. So it should be, it should be pretty yeah. good in the next couple yeah. of years. He's going to have some pretty good teams coming up. So awesome. thanks okay. for having me. This is great. But gladly. Talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.